let's talk, tell you about Built Bar here. Uh, Built Bar is, and this is something that started with my wife, actually. She found Built Bar. She started talking about it a lot. Tanya heard about it from Lisa, my wife, and then Tanya told Glenn about it, and now Glenn's been talking about it like crazy. These are the best, you know, protein bars you're ever going to have. They taste like candy bars. Uh, most Built Bars have about 130 calories, about four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein, but they're also made with 100% real chocolate, so you're going to love it. They've got amazing flavors. They're always trying, like, crazy new stuff, and one of the ones Glenn's been raving about lately, lately is their Puffs. They have these, like, marshmallow puff-type things, and Mud Pie is one of the new flavors that he, like, just adores. Uh, so check it out. Uh, you know, you can throw all the rice cakes, you know, where they belong, you know, in the nuclear waste dump or whatever that is. Go to built.com, use the promo code BECK, get 15% off your new order. It's a great move for New Year's resolution as well. Try these things out. Uh, the code is BECK for 15% off right now at built.com. Here is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. And today it features a patent stew for Glenn. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. The Pfizer CEO, uh, Al Borla, was asked a whole bunch of questions while he was walking down the street. And he, I think this was in uh, Davos, and he didn't want to answer any of them. But uh, we'll show you what, uh, and you'll be able to hear what was asked him. Really, like 29 great questions put to the head of Pfizer. We'll get to that in one minute. All right, let me tell you about Car Shield. Yeah, no matter how well you take care of your car, one of these days it's going to need repairs. And if your luck is anything like so many people across the country, it'll most likely happen a day or two after the warranty expires. What you want to do is have a plan that already is in place. You're not having to scramble to figure out what to do when something goes wrong. That's why you need Car Shield. Car Shield offers protection plans for about 100 bucks a month. All you have to do is choose the mechanic that you know you want to do the work, and CarShield administrators handle the rest. It's really easy, and you'll save a ton of hassle. You can also count on CarShield to help take care of you when your car breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road. Every protection plan includes coast-to-coast roadside assistance, rental car options, and trip reimbursement at no extra cost. Lock in your price today, and it will never go up. Go to carshield.com slash Beck, carshield.com slash Beck, or call 800-227-6100. Save 20% on your plan. It's carshield.com slash Beck or 800-227-6100. Carshield.com slash Beck or 800-227-6100 to save 20% with CarShield. All right, you have got to see uh, this interrogation of... uh, of Al Borla from uh, Pfizer. He's the he's the CEO. And he had a couple of people on the street asking him questions. 
one after another. And uh, it, they didn't ask him to stop. They didn't ask him to, you know, do anything formal. He could have answered them just as he was walking down the street. But uh, here's what happened. This is um, this is cut uh, 12. Mr. Borlaug, can I ask you, when did you know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission? How long did you know that without saying it publicly? Thank you very much. I'm sorry. To that question. Talk about it much. I mean, we, we now know mm -hmm. that the vaccines didn't stop transmission. Yeah. But why did you keep it secret? <laughs> you said it was 100% effective, then 90%, then 80%, mm -hmm. then 70%. But we now know that the vaccines do not trans stop transmission. Why did you keep that secret? Have a nice day. <laughs> I won't have a nice day have a nice until day. I know the answer. Why did you keep it a secret that your vaccine did not stop transmission? Is it time to apologize to the world, sir, to give refunds back to the countries that poured all their money into your vaccine that doesn't work, your ineffective vaccine? Yeah, you have a little bit around are you not ashamed of what you've done in the last couple of years? Do you have any apologies to the public, sir? Are you proud of it? You've made millions on the backs of people's entire livelihoods. Mm -hmm. How does that feel to walk the streets as a millionaire on the backs of the regular person at home in Australia, <laughs> in England, in Canada? What do you think about on your yacht, sir? What do you think about on your private jet? Are you worried about product liability? Are you worried about myocarditis? What about the sudden deaths? <laughs> what do you have to say about young men dropping dead of heart attacks every day? Not a lot. Why won't you answer these basic questions? Good question. No apologies, sir. Do you, do you think you should be charged criminally for... <laughs> for some of the <laughs> criminal behavior you I'll stop and answer that one. Yes, I do think I should be charged of? criminally. Uh, <laughs> How much money have you personally made off the vaccine? Good question. How many boosters do you think it'll take for you to be happy enough with your earnings? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing? Who did you meet with here in secret? Will you disclose who you met with? Hmm. No. Who did you pay commissions to? In the past, <laughs> Pfizer has paid $2.3 billion in fines for deceptive yeah. marketing. Huh. Have you engaged in that same conduct again? <laughs> yes. Yes, I yes. Yeah, Thank you for asking. Are you yes, under yeah. investigation <laughs> like you were before for your deceptive marketing, sir? He just keeps If walking. any other product in the world doesn't work... As promised, you get a refund. Should you not <laughs> refund to countries that laid out billions uh, for question. your ineffective vaccine? Are you used to only sympathetic media so you don't know how to answer any questions? <laughs> yes. Is that it? Yes, that's another good point. Shame on you, sir. Shame on you. <laughs> I mean, hilarious. I <laughs> love that. I love it. 29. Great questions, <laughs> zero answers of any kind. Well, he said, "No, he said, have a, have a nice day.' Oh, he did. He say, did have, have a, nice, have a day. nice day. Yeah, have a nice day. <laughs> It'd be great at the end of that if he's like, I'm sorry, I, I just don't speak English.' And uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's a it's a uh, they're persistent. I'll say that. Yeah. They'll, they'll say that. I mean, that's not easy to do. No, no, that's it's, hard. It's also odd that the guy, you know, the CEO of Pfizer, in the, in this climate, is walking around with no yeah. security or anything. Like Very true. again, like you know, he. 
he should just answer questions, of course, but uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he's not going to. I'm surprised, though, in Davos, he's not, he's not walking around with a bunch of very large Me men too. with very large weapons. Me too. They just kind of shoo these guys away. Yeah. And yeah. there was none of that. I will say that, like, you know, we do know what Pfizer does here. They make the the little blue pill. He had a yacht before this. Like this is <laughs> not true. This is, he's he's not financially restricted in any way. But you think he made some cash? I think on maybe, Viagra. Yeah, you he think? maybe did okay That's with the possible. Viagra thing yeah. and many other uh, medications. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, look, these guys are not used to anybody but friendly media. That's They're for not, sure. You know, and yeah. you know, like there's a. A lot of people have a lot of questions and, you know, there's no reason they shouldn't, they should engage more in this stuff, I think. You know, I think Mm -hmm. it would be helpful for these companies to just sit there and, you know, like answer some of these questions. If there was a good answer to it, yeah, yeah. let's hear it. There there are no good answers because they're right. I mean, at the very beginning of the Pfizer vaccine, they were claiming 95% efficacy. Mm -hmm. That quickly went down and it went down again and it went down again. And then it turns out, well, they didn't even study that. They didn't even test that. They had they had no proof of any efficacy because um, they didn't they didn't test it. Well, then where did you get the ninety five percent figure? That was a you know those are some really good questions to put to him. Seems like there was I don't know some incongruencies there. Yeah, I mean I think look I think the 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 whole storyline changed for a lot of people as we went through you know twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. I mean, when you hit the Omicron thing, it changed. I mean, look, it, again, I, you can go, you should be able to do what you want to do. You want to take vaccines? You can take them. If you don't want to mm-hmm. take them, you shouldn't have to take them. That that should be a basic fundamental human right in, in the United States of America. Anything other than that is just an insult. Um, you know, but I, obviously there was a lot of you know, people who were skeptical of the vaccines who brought up a lot of these complaints and thought this stuff would happen. Uh, and on the other hand, a lot of those people were saying that natural immunity would be effective and no, there'd be no breakthrough cases through natural immunity. Once you mm-hmm. get the disease, you get it. I mean, one of the main things a lot of conservatives were arguing for at the beginning was, hey, you know, let the people who are in their 20s get COVID. Uh, you know, if it happens, you know, you don't, you don't go out there and try to get it. But if you get it, that'll give us immunity. Eventually, we'll hit herd immunity and it'll, we don't have to worry about this anymore. Well, that didn't work either. Yeah, you know, right. it's, uh, the Omicron really changed. nothing did nothing. against Omicron. Right. Once we hit Omicron, yeah. these things really were were past the point of relevance. I, I really think like the vaccine story, it gets a lot of, you know, a lot of people are talking about it and like, you know, it's going to be a big story. But really, the vaccine mm-hmm. is really a 2021 story. It once, From the beginning of when the vaccine came out to Omicron is where real relevance, I think, was, I think it was an interesting conversation. I think we're beyond that at this point, frankly. I think so, too. You know, I mean, look, everyone should be able to ask the questions they want to ask, and they should be able to get the answers. But that doesn't Um, happen. But that's not going to happen. They're never going to answer because these people, of course, want to protect their business. Mm -hmm. They do legitimately want to protect their business. Many of these things they're protected from, though, you know, when we were, you know, going through the process of, of, war, of Operation Warp Speed built into a lot of that was, hey, please do this really fast. And, you know, if you're not going to get sued for all these things, if something goes wrong, we really need you to produce something quickly. That was part of the argument mm-hmm. of Operation Warp Speed. So rather than 10 years, it took nine yeah. months. Yeah. And look, I, and we maybe paid a price for that. I mean, you know, it depends it on your perspective on that. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, a, a, you know, a lot of people are worried about it. And, and that's, the, and I keep coming back to this where it's like, like the the food pyramid, right? Remember the food pyramid, which I think now is the food compass. 
Is it? Did you know it they went changed from a pyramid yeah. to a compass? Yeah, I think it, oh. I, they changed the food pyramid to a food I compass. I didn't know that. I over the last couple of years, and you right. didn't know that. Why didn't you know that? Why didn't you know? Shouldn't you know that? The, the federal government that. is telling so, you yeah. you should follow the food compass, Pat. Huh? And I'm pretty sure Kexi Cookies is not on the food compass. <laughs> like it. Uh, no, it's I think the, it is. It is? Yeah, I think it is. It's like West. They're made with really interesting broccoli. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, and alfalfa sprouts. It doesn't taste like it at all. No, it, it doesn't. It's made with That's butter right. and sugar. <laughs> Lots of butter. Right. Uh, yeah. So, the, for years and years and years, decades, uh-huh. the federal government had the food pyramid. And the food pyramid had, hey, eat a bunch of eggs, eat a bunch of meat, eat a bunch of grains, you know, all that stuff. We all remember looking at that when we were kids. Yeah. And there were always critiques on it. Like, hey, is this the reason why we have so many fat people? Like, people are trying to eat like the food eggs pyramid? creating a lot of cholesterol? Right. Like, yeah, we everyone had these questions. And we've but gone back and forth on that for years. There are people who make really in-depth arguments as to why... The food pyramid caused real societal harm and cost us billions of dollars because the government was promoting these things, particularly in Mm. schools that created fat children, that created Mm. fat adults, on and on and on and on. That all exists out there. But how much passion is there really behind it? Does anyone care? Like, they, the federal government came out with a food pyramid. They made these recommendations about what we should eat. And you know what I did? Ate whatever I wanted. <laughs> That's what I did. What did you do, Pat? Same thing. You ate whatever you wanted, right? I did, yes. You ignored their do. advice. Mm-hmm. And so there isn't societal consternation about the food pyramid because what they did was make a recommendation, not mandate it. Yes. If they mandated the food pyramid, it would be a massive story and we would all be pissed off about it. And every little problem with it, every little disagreement would become an international incident Mm -hmm. because we would be pissed off. The government was mandating this stupid pyramid. So if the government wants to say, hey, we came up with a vaccine, we came up with a treatment, we think it works. Here's our recommendation. You should take it. And that's it. This story is long dead. Right? No question. The story, yeah. it does not matter to people like it, it does because they try to force people to take it. Yeah. Or you lose your job. Or you lose your job. You lose your livelihood. People are out on the streets over this. Mm-hmm. They're being threatened. Their kids can't go to school. If you just remove that one element out of this, you might say, like, if you're a big you vaccine skeptic. You avoid almost skeptic, all yeah, of it. If you're a big vaccine skeptic, you might say, hey, well, there's health effects that are associated with this. <laughs> but the only... The only people who would be dealing with them are the people who chose to take the vaccine. The people who said, well, I think there might be health benefits, wouldn't have to take it. And therefore, you they could all say, hey, you bunch of idiots, you shouldn't have taken that. And that's the end of the story, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Instead, we have this situation where they tried to force people to take it instead of just saying, like, look, it's here. Take it if you want. And that's the end of the day. And if they would just approached it that way, things I think would be a lot different. And people wouldn't feel the same way that they do about this now. But like, understandably, when you're when you're saying you must do something and then you believe there are bad effects to that, you're going to have a really negative reaction. You know, that's just the way yeah. life is. Of course, you don't want it. This is America. You don't want to be told. This is not North Korea. If Kim Jong-un tells his population to do X, Y, and Z, they just accept it because that's unfortunately, they've been fed with, you know, a a hundred years of propaganda to believe this man's basically a god. And so whatever he says goes, you know, Mm -hmm. this is instead a country that was built on the exact opposite principle. Yeah. And yet you had people like Arnold Schwarzenegger saying that people, people think they have the freedom not to take it. Screw your freedom. Right. What? In the United States of America? Screw my freedom? Isn't he Austrian? 
Yes. Yeah. Yes, so it's not a huge yeah. surprise. <laughs> All right. Uh, more coming up in one minute. Uh, let me tell you something. Uh, what, let me. What are all villains throughout history? What have they had on their side when it came to spreading ty- tyranny? Uh, it's the same thing the World Economic Forum has on its side this week in Davos. And that thing is complacency. You know, enough people will ignore it and do nothing. That's what they depend on. What do we do when the next bad guy comes along? Do we just sit there? Do we own nothing? Are we happy about that? Do we like eating bugs? Probably not. I don't. I don't they're not on the food pyramid, Pat. I won't no. eat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do need to educate ourselves and our children and everyone uh, that we know because we need to be able to spot these villains before they can get anywhere close to holding the real power or influence that they want. That's where the Tuttle Twins books come in. Their new book, The Guide to Modern Villains, shows how 22 modern villains, people like Mao, rose to power. To celebrate the launch of their book, the Tuttle Twins have their whole guidebook series on sale right now. If you go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com, get these books right now on sale this week only, TuttleTwinsBeck.com. You can get these books. They will teach your kids important lessons. My kids love these books. We read them together all the time, and it's great because they're teaching foundational principles that actually matter, so they don't fall for all the BS that they're going to be uh, inundated with over their lives. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. Stu for Glenn today. Uh, Al, Albert Borla uh, wouldn't answer any questions on the street, but he did have some things to say. Had a really big announcement about what's coming from Pfizer. There's there's some new oh. stuff that's extremely exciting uh, that they're working on right now. And he talked about that. Uh, Where are you on a flu vaccine based on mRNA? Oh, the studies are running. They have completely recruited. We are waiting for cases as they accumulate. means that people have been vaccinated. Placebo, vaccine, and then the disease, some of them will get disease. And then we are waiting to unblind the data to see what is coming. I think we'll come in the, this year, in 23. Well, that's what I was going to ask. I mean, you can't guarantee a timeline depending on the clinical trials. No, because but your you, best guess, what would you think? Uh, I think uh, by the first half of the year, maybe. First half of the year. Yeah, June, July. Oh, wow. And, and so good, good, are, good. how far are we away from one vaccine that's both COVID and flu together? Mm. First, we need to have a flu. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if we have a flu, already we started uh, uh, experiments to combine the two. Okay. Uh, oh, good. So that we don't lose time again. Uh, I think wrong? we'll come more or less all together if it is successful. Okay. First, first of all, he's a liar. Uh, he said it was first half of the year, and then he said July. It's not the first half of the year. It's the second half of the year. It's the only other half that exists. By nature, it's the seventh month. There's only 12. What? This <laughs> bastard. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, you hope at some point the, you know, the technology that they have, this stuff could be really promising. It might really do some incredible things in the future. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, 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 might, I'm, I'm hopeful, maybe. but it may not. And, you know, but they've given some people such a bad taste in their mouth over the vaccine now that they're going to be skeptical about yeah. anything that comes yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, you know, you know it's totally, totally true. Uh, and there's going to be, it's become, a, a, you know, one of these issues that is split mainly on political lines. And then there's a good mm-hmm. chunk of Republicans in particular. And this is, this is the opposite of what it used to be. I mean, it used to be people like, uh, you know, uh, Jim Carrey and, and uh, RFK Jr., and who, who's still, you know, very oh, much right. in that movement. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what's her face? Jenny the McCarthy. Blonde, Jenny, yeah, Jenny McCarthy, mm-hmm. who kind of led that, you know, the anti-vaccine sort of movement. And they were largely on the left. And that's changed. I mean, there's a great story about it. A town in um, California, which was the most vaccine skeptical town in the country, and they're 
super liberal. They're like 90% Democratic voters. And this is before COVID. I'm talking about pre-COVID vaccines. Okay. And so... They were incredibly skeptical of the vaccines. Mm. You know, they, they had breakouts of measles and mumps in the community and, and all these things because mm. they were, you know, and they just They'd been they didn't want to do it. RFK Jr. They didn't listen to RFK Jr. and they didn't want to do it. And again, like, I, you know, not necessarily the way I would advise people, but that's what they wanted to do. And so mm-hmm. they decided to choose that way until they were skeptical of all these vaccines until... The COVID. the COVID vaccines, where then the COVID vaccines bizarre. were the thing that the so left bizarre. was supposed to like and the right was not supposed to like. So then this town that had been super skeptical of vaccines for decades just switched completely and had the highest vaccination rate in My the gosh. area. Wow. And were banning kids from school if they weren't vaccinated. And all of these things, really? it was like the exact opposite of what they had been doing this entire time. Isn't that interesting? It's fascinating. It really uh, especially is. Especially since Donald Trump is the one who <laughs> who really rushed that whole process through. Yeah. And provided a whole yeah. bunch of money to the pharmaceuticals to help them make it really quickly. And a bunch of liberals are like, yep, give me that Trump vaccine. Yeah, they all, you know, they all hated big pharma <laughs> companies until the day the COVID uh, vaccines came. It really is fascinating. Incredible. And I think, honestly, it's one of the most... Uh, fascinating political developments that I've ever seen to see the next couple of years uh, develop because you know Donald Trump he just did an interview the other day yeah he has not changed yeah. his view at all the vaccines not are very positive he says you know they saved a hundred million lives <laughs> right and you know look it, it, it's you know he's survived this long because he knows his base very well and he that is not a viewpoint that the base base. holds right now no that's for sure (laughs) they may have held it in 2021 and 2020 but they don't hold it now and he's trying to run in a primary against people who who are witnessing i mean desantis is a great example he was just as pro-vaccine as anybody else back when these things were coming out and now he looks very skeptical right people know their base they know how to react to their base and trump is like sticking by this it's going to be fascinating to see if he can pull that off it's not going to be easy that's going to be a political gym uh, gymnast routine that no question I, i've never seen anyone pull off before yeah we'll he's, he's done it before though he's been able to do that stuff before so we'll see triple eight seven two seven b-e-c-k more patent stupor glenn coming up the glenn back program American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. It's easy sometimes to take things that we have in life for granted. If you're a homeowner, you know, it's a pretty good bet that you felt a lot more secure about your financial future a couple years ago than you do now. Inflation is, you know, been a disaster, growing, you know, fatter and fatter under the watchful eye of an administration, seemingly doing nothing but feeding it. And every day the American economy looks a little bit bleaker than it did the day before. There are ways to fight this, and American Financing knows those ways inside and out. American Financing is saving people, just like you, an average of $695 a month. It's kind of a lot, and you know you don't want to wait around to get started. American Financing, you can give them a call today. Their salary-based mortgage uh, consultants can help you guide uh, the, the process through this entire you know, cacophony of options. They know it. They know, they know what the gimmicks are, and they'll keep you away from them. If you start today, you could skip up to two mortgage payments and give you additional savings. Call American Finance and give them a try. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Or go to AmericanFinancing.net. It's AmericanFinancing.net. 
Glenn Beck, Stupid Gear, Steve Dace, Chad Prather, and me, Pat Ray. Listen to all your favorite conservative voices at blazetv.com, promo code Glenn. Gray Stuber Gear for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program, 888-727-BECK. You can listen to my show, Pat Gray Unleashed, uh, every morning right before this one. 7 to 9 Eastern, 6 to 8 Central, uh, or anytime you want, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Same with Stu's show, except at a different time. Stu Does America, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on Blaze TV. Use the promo code Glenn at blazetv.com slash Glenn. And you, you can subscribe. Uh, Glenn, I'm not sure if he'll be back tomorrow. He's uh, been out for a couple of days here. And, you know, mm-hmm. again, we mentioned this earlier. Uh, you know, if, you, if you're if you a prey in person, uh, it would be great if you could say some prayers for Glenn and his family. They're going through some tough times, and we appreciate mm-hmm. your understanding as, you know. We've talked about some of that. I mean, yes. They've really been through the ringer lately. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's been, I mean, it's, it's, been been a, it's been a rough road. And, uh, you know, so we do appreciate uh, all of your, I know he really, I mean, he really appreciates your prayers. It means a lot mm-hmm. to him uh, that so many of you take your, your time and, and, and think of him in those moments. So if, if you don't mind, it's a good, it's a good time. It's never a bad time, Pat. Never no, a that's bad right. time. Yeah, to never a bad prayer, time to pray. Time. Right uh-uh. now is a good time. Right. Uh, it is. I would say. And I think, you know, a lot of us think that Glenn's got a pretty sweet life. Yeah. <laughs> And in many ways, he does. He, yes. However, right now and for a while, um, they've gone through some rough times as a family. Yeah, so He's mentioned a yeah. lot of this stuff. And, and it's has. funny because it doesn't matter. Obviously, Glenn's very successful. The guy at the Radio Hall of Fame. And, you know, mm-hmm. he does well. Glenn does well, you mm-hmm. know, in, mm-hmm. in his career. Uh, but you know, some stuff, it just doesn't matter. Hasn't made right? him immune for, yeah, like any it of doesn't. us. It doesn't. Uh, and from so, trials. So. so anyway, we appreciate you uh, thinking of him and and uh, and hanging out with us here as we get to uh, fill in here for a couple of days and make fun of Al Gore and and the CEO of Pfizer. I mean, at least at least we get to have fun when he's in uh-huh. misery. That's always good, you know. We get to still enjoy ourselves, and that's mm-hmm. the most important. thing. I think we can all agree that's the most important thing. There's an interesting situation, and um, I I'd like to know your thoughts on this, uh, Stu, because you still have young kids. My my kids are grown now, mm-hmm. and so they don't do a lot of sleepovers. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I'm guessing that you, <laughs> oh, you don't, yeah, I mean, yeah, they don't. Okay. Uh, as adults, they don't uh, sleep over at friends' house that often. Yeah, it's weird. Hmm. Uh, but there is a thing apparently right now where a lot of parents are kind of giving second thoughts to sleepovers and yeah. not allowing them mm. for uh, any number of reasons. One of which, I, I guess, you know, they're afraid of abuse is that is that i think that's one of the mm-hmm. things that's one of the reasons because you i mean do you ever know for sure what's going on in somebody else's house no you never eh, know for sure no. but uh, again like this this seems to tie into the fact that we've despite the world being a statistically much safer place from crime that it was when we were young yeah much much yeah yeah it's true you know this is uh lenore skenazy talks about this a lot where you know that we've kind of put this bubble wrap around our kids i'm i'm totally guilty of this at some <laughs> Me level too. where you know my kids are young and i remember when i was their age you know i would just wander out like a summer my mom would go to work and i would walk to my friend's house it was like a mile away and we would hang out and play all day and i'd come back you know this this typical yeah. story you come back when it gets dark and maybe have dinner and and it's just you know people kind of mm-hmm. knew around the neighborhood and people kind of kept an eye on you a little bit but basically we did whatever we wanted which most of the time was eating hostess products uh and playing wiffle ball 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you came back and that was it. And I, my kids don't do that. Everything, you know, no. like that's not, I'm not, I don't let my kid walk around no. for a mile by himself to his friends. <laughs> like, I don't do that at all. Like, no. I, and I know, because we think this way a lot. Like, I'm a, I'm a guy who likes numbers. I can look at them and say, hey, I know intellectually. <laughs> This viewpoint makes no sense. Mm-hmm. I know it. I mm-hmm. live in a safe area. We are in a low crime period. While we've seen it tick ups, you know, the 2020 period was mm-hmm. you know a little bit different. We've seen some things. Murder rate has murder gone rate up in gone some up. cities. There are some problems. You know, obviously some drug abuse issues have, have risen over the years. But generally speaking, we are in a low crime period. Mm-hmm. We are in, you know, I, the the most profound example of this is I was more than double more than twice as likely to be killed in a mass shooting at my school when I was a kid. Then kids are now. Then kids are now. And that is, it blows people's minds. Yeah. It's more than double. Oh, wow. In the, I, now, I, if I, when really? I was in high school, it was in the 90s and crime rates were higher. And the difference between mass shootings, uh, school shootings, I should say, back then and now is what we see now are very disturbed kids who get guns and try to essentially out take the leaderboard on their video game, right? They come in and they decide mm-hmm. they're going to try to kill as many people as possible. So we see mass shootings. What we saw in the 90s were two or three people being shot in a fight. Uh, we saw mm-hmm. people get gangs, mm-hmm. bring guns to school, you know, like there. But it wasn't as much, you know, it wasn't 20 or 30 people dying, but people were shot at school all the time. Back in the 90s. It just wasn't noticed as much. And I, I find it hard to believe that a mom in the 90s who loses their kid because one person was shot at their school feels any, uh, you know, better about it than someone today who loses in a, their kid in a mass shooting. But yeah. what this also means is more schools go without any shootings at all. Far more schools, when you look at the percentage of schools, go without mass shootings because when we do see a shooting it's usually one of these larger spectacle type shootings people looking for attention and look that's Mm -hmm. a whole other problem that's really difficult to solve but the bottom line is when you send your kids to school in today's era they are much more likely to survive and not be shot and they've taken a lot of precautions too. the schools Mm -hmm. Uh, they're usually locked uh it's usually much much harder to get in yeah that wasn't the case back in the day it used to be you just walked into a school and you went to the principal's office if you needed you know to give a note to your child or bring them something that they needed medication or whatever and you were not stopped or asked or frisked or no security guards no security at all yeah it's a a much different situation if there was a fight that broke out in a school like you know the gym teachers coming down the hallway to help break it up like that's how that yeah that's how it worked that's not how it works now no so it is it is you know in some ways it's so much better and the sleepover thing i think is part of this like we we hear these bigs you know um uh, these terrible stories and they do happen but you know generally speaking these rates are a lot lower than they used to be and that's positive. Yeah, uh, we should. We don't need to bubble wrap our kids as much as we do. But one of the one of the concerns, apparently, in addition to the the abuse, if you don't know the parents really well, mm-hmm. um, and do you really know anybody well enough to to trust uh, your kids to be there overnight? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know because you just never know. You, so it's so funny. We just <laughs> talked about this. I know, and it's not logical. <laughs> it's not. It's not logical. It's not. But here's how illogical mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter. Uh, my youngest daughter was 16. So this was a few years ago because she's she's 22 now. But when she was 16, she wanted to walk down. She, uh, my wife wasn't home and 
so she came in to me and, and, and said, I'm going to go down to the pond. We've got a pond like half a block from the house. Mm-hmm. And she just wanted to go down there and, and hang out. Uh, I don't know, throw rocks or whatever she was going to do at the pond. I'm like, no, no, you can't. No. <laughs> Wait, 16? She couldn't go to the pond 16, half a block away? Half a block away. No, I don't want you at the pond. Because well, who knows? Um, yeah. So I'm illogical that way. I am and too. I, I'm not I am sure too. why. Because... Because logically, I do know that the crime rate is much lower. And, you know, what are the chances of being kidnapped or whatever at 16? <laughs> Very it's, low. It's low. Very low. Really, really low. I, I think part of this is, I know this is, I can only I'll speak for myself here. Part of it is like, I just don't want to be the one who approves the thing that goes wrong. Like, I, I, like, yeah. I, I, like, it's almost selfish in a way. Like, I know I would beat myself up till the end of time if I was like, yeah, sure, go down to the pond and then God forbid something, something happens. terrible happens. Yeah. And so you just decide like, no, just eliminate the, every bit of risk from their lives. Right. That's not how to build, you know, a, a healthy adult. <laughs> no, right? I think not. we're seeing the effects of that. And so yeah. I do try, you know, when I realize this instinct to myself, I try to cure it in real time. My kids do sleepovers. Um, they do? Know, yeah, they do. We haven't stopped mm. that. I, although I have seen, noticed there is some hesitance um, among parents now. You know, I, I'm not in the parents' groups as much as my wife, but occasionally she tells, tells, talks to me about this, that she's talking to one of her friends and, you know, they don't, they don't really like to do sleepovers with their kids. And again, yeah. you know, these are people that they are friends and, you know, a lot of times that they know and I would think trust, mm-hmm. but there is a, there's a hesitance and I just, I think we just kind of jump to the worst case scenario a lot. Yeah, we do. And according to this article, it's pretty prevalent now where parents say no to sleepovers like really? this. Really? Yeah, they're worried about, you know, not not only are they worried about crime, but they're worried about whether or not the people have guns in their home and whether they're locked away safe or whatever. So there's a gun fear. Ah, uh, so like, so I'm a, let's say I'm a liberal and mm-hmm. my kid wants to sleep over at Pat Gray's house. Pat Gray's probably mm-hmm. a gun. I got guns. Tone, you know, he's got them all yeah. over the place. Well, probably I laying to, all over the counter. Of course. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. Like, I leave them out on the kitchen counter. Right. Yeah. Like you're, you know, there are 15s out there and a couple of nine millimeters. Right. They're just hanging like you know. Yeah. If, if you go to like the dog toy basket, there's just a, an <laughs> AR-15 in there, and I don't want my kid in that environment. That's kind of the stuff you're talking about. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So what else? Is there any, any other concerns? COVID exposure. Okay. So all right. So you, like I'm a. I'm a mm-hmm. COVID zero guy. I'm mm-hmm. wearing a mask. I'm wearing three masks to the gym. Right. You know, and then I'm coming yep. home and I don't want my, my kid because you as a, as a evil conservative are probably just. Well, not only do I have guns, I've got uh, the COVID virus that's just in Petri dishes yeah, all, over, all the over the house. All over the house. And you, you add it and as like a seasoning a on times. each meal. Yes. Like you're just, <laughs> instead of salt, you're yes. sprinkling on COVID. Yeah. Also, yeah. is there, are there alcohol or drugs in the mm-hmm. home? Okay. Because, I mean, that's true. Like, I, there's a, the, mm. some people have alcohol in their house. Some mm. people um, have it and make sure that it's protected from their kids. And others, like, might just have a open liquor cabinet that... Might, yeah. I mean, I remember this back in the day. There were kids that their parents, you know, would drink, uh, you know, drank alcohol and they would... Uh, they would they'd had their ways of drinking some while the parents were at work and like filling the bottle back up with water and like trying to mm. cover it. And like that stuff happened. Mm-hmm. That was a, that was mm-hmm. a real thing. Yep. Uh, what about older siblings? Is that a consideration? <laughs> Do they have older siblings where something yeah, could happen? Yeah, I get Yeah, right. Okay, I can see that. Right? Oh my uh, God, I'm never uh, letting my kids sleep over <laughs> anywhere. Why are you scaring me like no. this? No, I know. Again, I think there's appropriate... You have you do have to think about these things as a parent. I mean, you do. I think that one of the big things is do you trust that other parent? 
Mm-hmm. Is the parent going to be home? Can they keep you safe? Uh, are they going to safe? make sure things don't go awry? Right. In the middle of the night. You know, are, are yeah. they, you know, you want your kids sneaking out and vandalizing the neighborhood, right? Uh, you know, that you want to make sure that they actually stay in the house. You know, maybe especially when they're younger, that they actually mm-hmm. go to bed at a decent hour. Like, yeah. you know, we've had, you know, we've had our kids sleep over uh, their friends' houses a couple of times and they come back and like, you stayed up to like 2 a.m. now, didn't you? I can tell because you're right. a different person today and you look like you went on a bender for six <laughs> weeks. So I, <laughs> you know, you, you got to get that sense of not every parent has the same standards as you. Like, you know, my kid, you know, they're going to go to bed basically at the same time every night. It's not going to be too late. And speaking of that, some some parents apparently uh, have come to a compromise where you can stay there till, you know, late, like 10 or 11 midnight. Yeah, and then go pick them up and go get them. Yeah, that's a, like a, they call that a half over. A half over. Mm-hmm. Or a late over. A late. <laughs> Stupid. We're a weird group of people, Stupid. aren't we? Oh, man. <laughs> it's just, it's amazing. So, uh, but I, I just find it interesting because apparently a lot of people have just decided it's not worth it. And so they just say no, just because they don't, they won't, they don't want to mess with any of the risk. Um, who knows what could happen? Maybe nothing, but I'm not going to take the chance, which kind of makes sense to me, you know, being a, uh, probably, um, oversensitive parent to those kinds of things as I am. So, uh, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Um, no, seven two seven B E C K. More coming up. All right, there's a reason why Blinds.com has over forty thousand five star reviews. It becomes obvious when you see how their window treatments can give your home that New Year look. And the best part, Blinds.com makes it incredibly affordable at the same time. If you're ready to make that noticeable difference in the way your home looks, Blinds.com is your one-stop shop for anything and everything to do with window treatments. We're talking blinds, we're talking drapes, shutters, even the really cool stuff like motorized shades. You can find it all at blinds.com. They have the latest styles, fabrics, and materials for you to choose from. And just as importantly, they have a team of experts who can help you pick what's right for you and your home. And when it, you know, when it kind of seems like there's too many choices, you need that help. They can help you with that. If you need help measuring and installing, they'll do that as well. Everything is backed by blinds.com, 100% satisfaction guarantee, and shipping is always included. So don't wait. Your home's uh, new look awaits. I've used Blinds.com. It's a great, great service, and it really makes a huge difference in your home. Shop Blinds.com and save up to 40% site-wide, including 40% off all mini blinds, up to 40% off everything right now at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Glenn Beck. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn, 888-727-BECK. You found a statistic on the uh, school shootings? Yeah, I mentioned this, that it was you're more likely to die in the 90s. And so yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to dig up in the break the actual statistic because it is literally one of the most mind-blowing things that I've ever looked at in this data. And the reason I looked at mm-hmm. it is because, you know, of course, we are in the middle of this gun debate all the time. Every time there's a school shooting, mm-hmm. it's, we need to take away all guns. So I wanted to look at what does this actually look like? You know, mm-hmm. what's the, what are the facts? So here are the facts. I got it. I did get it a little bit wrong, I should uh, confess. Uh, this is a stat. This is as of 2018, just so you know. So it doesn't reflect the, you know, the recent uh, shootings or the recent uh, 
you know, rise in violence that we've had particularly since covid but it doesn't it, it would it would minimize these numbers a little bit but it's you know still largely true someone who went to school in the 1990s was four times as likely to die in a school shooting than a student is today as of wow. 2018 that's that is surprising it's surprising jaw dropping because yeah, i mean four even times even someone like people like wow. us who really believe in the second amendment mm-hmm. really don't believe in the media coverage of the second amendment um who are you know follow this stuff closely every day mm-hmm. even i would have never imagined that was accurate but it is or at least it was as of 2018 uh, that's it'd still be multiple times yeah it'd be three uh, times maybe much, i yeah. don't know i'm just getting, yes. throwing it out there i don't know exactly but the bottom line was you know when when overall crime rates are higher wow. these things happen and they're they just don't make a dent in the news especially when they're not designed for spectacle and that's mm-hmm. the biggest problem i think with mass shootings that we have not figured out how to cure it's got nothing to do with the guns it's it, it's not even a security issue or you know in some ways it's not even a mental health issue it's a spectacle issue. People are trying to get this attention, and if you don't, if you don't cure that, you'll never stop the mass shooting thing. But I mean, to think that like we are—I was in real danger back in the day, Pat. I mean, <laughs> yes, you God, were. I was—I feel like yeah, I was dodging were. bullets all the time now. <laughs> I don't remember any of those shootings, but I'm sure they occurred. Had to have. Had to have. All right. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Glenn Beck program.